Hi, you're listening to Yeah, It Can't Be Good, a rewatch podcast of the sci fi original series Eureka. Let's get started. Hi, this is Doug with the TV Guide Synopsis, Season 2, Episode 11, Man Eater. First aired September 18th, 2007. The town's air conditioning system malfunctions, creating explosive situations. Meanwhile, Eureka's women develop a strange attraction to Sheriff Carter. Created by Andrew Cosby and Jamie Paglia. Written by Bruce Miller and directed by Michael Robinson. Thank you, Doug. Of course. Hi, this is Vicki, and I'm here with Doug Gramley for Season 2, Episode 11, Man Eater. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing well. Okay. In this episode, there's not a lot of different plots. It just seems to be the, I guess, love spores. And the B plot is Henry gets the shaft again. The episode opens with a sexual harassment seminar, and we meet Dr. Young. I guess this uh, episode would be very sensitive to what's going on nowadays. So Jack uh, was asked to be in the seminar and kind of give an example between him and Joe of what would be considered sexual harassment. Uh, so they were playing a skit, and it didn't seem like he was taking it very seriously. No, he, he wasn't. Yeah, I think it just speaks to the relationship between him and Joe and, and you know, in his mind, feeling that this would never actually be a scenario, but I think that might uh, might come off as a little insensitive, but you know, I think he was just trying to be lighthearted. True, and but it also kind of shows that the way um, Joe and his relationship is developing, the way she just laughs at him. Yeah. You know, there doesn't seem to be all that snarkiness between them, like there used to be when he first came to Eureka. They seem to be almost friends now. They could talk about yeah, things. Yeah, there's a little animosity there. I think she was a little um, upset that she got passed over for the, the sheriff. But they seem to be more almost like friends, because even, I don't know how far into the episode it is, when uh, Joe tells him Callie called, and he tells her that Zane called, and they kind of have a little bit of a discussion about how, you know, this is all new for them. Right. And that's why neither one of them called back. So, yeah, it, it was funny. And I think Joe laughing also, on the other side, thought she thought that would never be a scenario either. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So then we find out the air conditioning in the entire town is not working. And Allison calls Carter because she needs him to find Dr. Stone to fix the problem. While he's there, Carter asks for Kim's file because he wants to investigate her death. Then we get to Taggart. We haven't seen him in a few episodes, I don't believe. He's working with wolves, and he's trying to get them to mate. The wolves' names are Fred and Wilma. And yeah. he, <laughs> And he does say that Dr. Stone put in a priority venting duck for Fred and Wilma to keep them cool. So the whole town's hot, but there is cold air coming in for Fred and Wilma through this vent. Right. Carter goes to see Dr. Stone's wife. He's been missing for a day. I believe so. A couple, a couple of days. Yeah. So apparently he's the only one who could fix this air conditioner, but he's not even a uh, HVAC guy. He's a biologist. Right, because that's the way their system runs. It's the not, system, yeah, yeah. it's kind of weird like a body almost yeah yeah that's what it sounds like the way they describe it but 
she doesn't seem concerned at all. I'm wondering now if she's already holding him hostage. Yeah, I believe she is. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking now, yeah. I think she knew the entire time. I think she was just being coy with Jack, but she was just leading on that she had no idea where he was. Because she didn't seem concerned, and she did say that he disappeared for days, which maybe he does on a regular basis, so I didn't really think much of it until until I watched it this time for some reason. Okay, so let's talk about Callie. She is just so much pressure. Pressure as far as? Oh, my God. After the sexual harassment seminar, Joe tells Carter that Callie called. Yeah. And three minutes later, she comes walking in with his dry cleaning. And then later on, they're in Cafe Diem, and she calls. He's in the tunnel, and she calls. Thinking psycho stalker? Oh, my God, yes. Well, I would be annoyed. It's like, just stop, for God's sakes. You know, he's a sheriff. You know, yeah, Carter should have sent him in the tunnels, but... And then he she comes in, Vincent. It's just like, good God, woman. Yeah. <laughs> just give it a rest. I wish they didn't yeah. do that, because I liked her last week when he first mm-hmm. met her. But this made her seem like a pathetic, I don't know. She comes off as a little needy. Yes. And uh, maybe insecure. Very. And it was annoying. He just got the message, and here she comes walking in with his dry cleaning. So obviously he's working on things. The toilet blew up. Right. Leave him alone for five minutes. She kind of gives him an attitude later on in the episode. Right, when she tries to get into Vincent's and there's all these women at the door. I mean, somewhere along the way she had to know something was going on. Right. The day began with the toilet exploding. So she had to think he's working and she just keeps calling. I mean, he's one who never explains anything either. He just says, I gotta go. He doesn't say I'm in the tunnels, I found bones. True. But still, after the second phone call, just stop. Anyway. Psycho stalker. Yes. I was so annoyed by that. So anyway, Carter and Henry go down to the tunnels to figure out why the toilet exploded. And apparently it was the combination of Joe using her, whatever she was using, her laser eyebrow plucker, I guess. Yeah. And whatever's going on in the tunnels that made the toilet explode. Oh, uh, yeah, she had some kind of weird laser thing, and the methane gas accumulated, and the spark, I guess, ignited the toilet explosion. Back at Cafe Diem, you know, when Kelly calls the second time, Mrs. Stone was there picking up lunch, and Carter had just spoken to her that morning. She's kind of coming on to him. Yeah, the episode kind of had some things take place in certain event that I had to think about when certain things happened. So I forgot that Carter had gone down into the tunnels before, and then he went after again with Henry. So, yeah, Dr. Stone's wife starts to kind of flirt a little bit with Jack, and I couldn't figure out why. Actually, I guess nobody really knows why at this point, why she's flirting with him. Then Henry warns him that there's going to be another explosion. Right. And right before that, Joe comes into Cafe Diem and flirts with Carter. Yeah. In front of Zane. I was just watching the scene before I called you. Henry calls him, and he and he's yelling, get everybody out of there. And Carter's like, but I'm having lunch. Yeah. Why does everything have to be a joke? Everything. Yeah. He's screaming, get everybody out of there. And you think at this point in this town, when somebody says, get out of there, you, you would take that as a serious Yeah, it's not a situation. joke. The man's screaming into your phone. It's not a joke. And then Joe kisses him. Yeah, so the explosion wipes out pretty much the entire restaurant. 
restaurant. Everybody gets out with the exception of Carter, Joe, and Zane. And the explosion happens, and then Carter kind of shields Joe. She seems to be knocked out a little bit, but then she comes to, and then, yeah, she kisses him. She throws everybody off now, uh, including Carter and Zane. Poor Zane. Yeah, he felt, you know, he just didn't know what to think. I know. So Zane takes Joe back to the sheriff's office to let her lay on the cot. She doesn't know what's going on, so she says she's confused, which I think she meant she's confused about what's going on. She doesn't know where that came from, but Zane takes it as she's confused between him and Carter, which I guess she's still under the effect a little bit. Maybe they take a little time to wear off. Exactly, yeah. I think she was saying that she realizes something was wrong, but she couldn't control these feelings. Right, Zane took it as she being confused with her relationship with Zane and her relationship with Carter. And I think she's talking more about she's confused as to why she acted this way towards Carter. Right. And then it was funny when she finally comes out of it and she's in the streets on the phone yelling at Carter. I forget she said, I lost my mind or I was crazy or whatever. But in no lifetime ever am I attracted to you. Do you believe me? And then, of course, he has to be a jerk about it. Yeah. And talking about taking a dip in the Lake Carter or whatever, but I was kind of, and she said, I'm getting nauseous, and I was getting nauseous too, listening to that. Yeah, going back to the whole sexual harassment right. thing again. First off, I was totally insane before. For the record, I do not now, nor have I ever wanted to jump you. You believe me, right? Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you just got tired of staring at Lake Carter and you had to take a dip. Okay, you're making me nauseous. So in between all this stuff, we said Carter asked Allison for the artifact accident file, and he tells her that he has reason to believe that Beverly was involved. Really, the only B-plot of this story is the little snippets of Allison and Nathan conspiring about this Carter knows, and then he's, he's going to figure something out, he's not going to let it go, blah, blah, blah. Right. I never understood why they didn't let Carter and Henry in on it. Because they would have helped. Yeah, you know, those are at least the two people that you'd want to have on your side and, and not think that you're conspiring against them. I don't feel like they, they did anything wrong. You know, what's the big secret? Well, according to Nathan, and I think he's using his scare tactics, if the DOD finds out they're going to take Kevin and test him like a lab animal. and Yeah. But I think that Carter would go by the book, except if he knew that it involved Kevin. You know, under normal circumstances, if they were investigating this accident and it had nothing to do with Kevin, yeah, he would have to report it to the DOD. But if it involves Kevin, I believe that Carter and Henry would have helped without reporting it to the DOD. Yeah, I think that was just Nathan trying to have something to hold on to between him and Allison. And, you see, I don't look at him that way anymore. Well, I think you're right. He is trying to hold on to Allison. He doesn't want Carter to have to be involved in, in every part of her life. And I also think that his obsession with the artifact is greater than his wanting to be with Allison. And that got him back to the artifact. Mm-hmm. And I know I've said this in too many podcasts, but watching it this time, I just see Nathan in a totally different light than I used to. Yeah. And I think he's genuinely evil now. I just still do like his character. I like, you know, the interaction between him and Carter and all that. But... It's amazing how differently I look at it. And I've watched these a million times, but this last time that I'm watching all these with him, I just think that he's very manipulative. Manipulative. I can't even say that. Manipulative. Yes. And most of what he does is just to get him to the artifact. 
Yeah. I think you're right, too. He doesn't want Carter in on every part of her life because he's in most of her life as it is. Right. So I guess that he's probably looking at it as that's a part he could keep him out of, although they could probably help. We had a slight microphone disturbance right around here, so the first couple of words that Dud Gramley says are, Jack goes back down into the tunnels. Back, back down into the tunnels, and he finds bones and this weird yellow powder, which turns out to be a fungus. Some kind of spores or fungus, right? Right. So he brings the bones back up. Now, or- originally I thought the bones that he found were Dr. Stone. So did I. Yeah, so I thought that something happened to him and something ate the flesh off his body or something. That was my first reaction. So when they brought the bones back up, he brought Taggart for analysis. And I guess he's waiting for Taggart to kind of give him the answer of what these things are. He's talking with Allison and Stark and the other person. Uh, Dr. Stone. No, Dr. Young. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like, Allison goes after him in front of Stark and again everyone's like really confused no one really knows what's going on and then Dr. Young goes after him and they start fighting over him Stark's reaction to it was hilarious yeah you just had this what the F moment right you know what's going on and Carter's in between the two of them yeah each other that was a great scene sorry do do you need something uh no I'm I'm good I just love the way your lips move when you talk Excuse me? Dr. Blake, that is a wildly inappropriate comment. Yeah, not to mention bizarre. Go ahead, say something else. What? Or don't. Yeah. Talk is cheap. I've been wanting to do that all day. Do it again and I will beat you. Oh, okay. All right. Easy, easy. easy. Little, little. And then somehow they think that the, uh, the wolf had something to do with it. Right, because... Taggart's trying to get them to mate. Maybe some pheromones or something down in his lab got on Carter. So their solution was to have Taggart stand in the middle of the lobby yeah. with no shirt. I don't know why he had to have no shirt. And in his underwear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know why was that. And then have the female employees walk <laughs> around and see if anybody came violently attracted to him. And one person actually says, this is making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, this... Definitely wouldn't fly no. you know, nowadays anyplace else. I never understood why he had to be in his underwear. Yeah, I felt bad. Clearly he was uncomfortable and I think a little hurt when nobody found him attractive. His ego took a, took a hit there. Yeah. But uh, they find out that these bones were from people like thousands of years old. And Taggart says that they ripped each other apart. And then later on, we learn after Wilma kills Fred that they probably ripped each other apart due to these spores. First it's attraction, and then it's kill people. Yeah, they take a sample of blood from Carter, and they find out that his body's overproducing some kind of hormone. Androstatine or something like that. Yeah, that stimulates sexual attraction. You know, so they figure out that it's this spore that's growing underground, and it's actually a blessing in disguise that the air conditioning doesn't work, because if it would spread throughout Eureka. So now Carter's got this hormone in him that's growing and all the females in town are going crazy for him and then they have fargo right yeah fargo wants a piece right well first they have him as his bodyguard which doesn't as make his him bodyguard yeah. right 
which doesn't make any sense at all. But it seems like lately, anyway, anytime Carter has to go investigate, like when he had to break into the Invisible Man's lab, they always send Fargo with him. I mean, this time Fargo was acting as his bodyguard, which doesn't make any sense, but it just seems like uh, the few times he had to go investigate places or break into a lab or something, he always has Fargo with him. Yeah, Fargo seems to get, like, the jobs that nobody else wants. Yeah. Then Carter remembers that Mrs. Stone picked up two lunches. So he and Fargo go to Stone's house looking for him, and they find the the bedroom has a force field on (laughs) it. They get into his bedroom, and he's been locked up for a couple of days now, I guess. And his wife was taking advantage of him. And it's funny, he didn't think anything was odd about that. He just thought that, oh, she all of a sudden got the old spark back. And earlier, when Carter was, when they made him stand in the middle of the lobby so he wasn't near Allison and Dr. Young, he said, well, this has been happening all day, and Joe kissed me earlier, but I didn't think anything of it. And Nathan says, Lupo kissed you, and you didn't think anything of it. Yeah, you didn't. and he says, well, I have been working out. <laughs> so this guy thinks that, you know, nothing is wrong, that right. his wife just got the old spark again. Yeah, I mean, you know, my and, wife gives me a hug, and I think something's up, something's wrong. So, yeah, know, what do you want? Yeah. Well, apparently, he didn't even think it was odd that she locked him in the bedroom. So, like I said, uh, Taggart discovers that Wilma killed Fred, and Carter finds the powder, or the spores, in the wolf's den. In the meantime, Henry's in the tunnels with Dr. Stone because they're trying to fix the air conditioning so it doesn't keep blowing. Yeah. pressure's building up everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they get the air conditioning fixed, and then they realize at GD that these spores are what's causing all of this, and now the air conditioning is spreading the spores throughout the town. That's right. They don't find out it's the spores until after they rescue right. the doctor from his house. Yeah, they think they're working on two separate problems. The yeah. All this pressure blowing up all over the place, and then whatever's going on with Carter. He fixes the air conditioning, and they discover it's the spores at the same time. So now the air conditioning spreading these spores to the rest of the men in the town. Right. Um, Carter asks Henry why he wasn't infected because he was in the tunnels and apparently he has asthma, so he uses some kind of mask that he sprays on himself. Yeah. That neutralizes the spores and doesn't let anything into his uh, respiratory system. So they decide that they're going to flush the venting, the air conditioning system, with whatever Henry's mask is made out of. Yeah, with like this uh, inhaler spray, I guess. Yeah. Medication. Yeah. So that'll keep the spores from um, affecting the rest of the town. And uh, Dr. Young is making an antidote for Carter and Dr. Stone because they're the only two affected right now. And you know what I wondered? You know, they wondered why Taggart wasn't affected, and I'm kind of wondering why Taggart wasn't affected because... If he created a vent for the wolves, why wasn't Taggart affected? The wolves were affected. Yeah, it's a good, I don't know, it's a good a good point. He, he would have been, I would think. It's, it was, uh, the whole, his whole lab was was cool, so that's what I would have been spreading throughout. Right. And then even after they found the spores with the wolves, so it was, it was definitely present. Yeah. So I think maybe that was just a... a oversight. Yeah, oversight on yeah. that part. So then uh, Carter and Henry and Dr. Stone go into the tunnels, 
And Dr. Stone is upset because he feels like he's violating his air conditioning system because he just got her fit. So, of course, it's leaking and Carter and him have to tighten whatever it was. So that builds up enough pressure and sprays into the air and everyone is cured. Margo's on the outskirts of town (laughs) taking measurements and uh, Carter's like, take it off, Margo. (laughs) And he turns around and he's got a mask on. Yeah, because he was itching through the whole episode. Yeah, he wanted the whole hormone thing. He wanted to touch the dog. He wanted to do, yeah. And again, at the end... Allison takes Kim's lab away from Henry and gives it to Nathan. And once again, Henry gets the shaft because he always does. The yeah. town stomps all over him. Life stomps all over him all the time. And we're only in the second season and he's, I don't know how many times he's gotten screwed. And the last thing he said to Nathan when he gave Nathan the little button in the last episode is that I'm going to trust you. And once again, Allison is doing something for her own benefit. She's given Nathan access to the lab. He's not supposed to have access. He doesn't have clearance for that lab. And she's doing something for her own benefit once again. Yeah, I don't know why they're not working with Henry. But, I mean, she keeps doing this. He's too personal. He's too personally invested. Well, that's true. But she knew he was too personally invested before she put him in the lab. And she overrode Beverly. Of course, Beverly was dragging the whole process out to make sure he was okay to go back to work. But she overrode Beverly. And she overrode Beverly for her own reasons. She didn't know that Beverly was behind it. So she didn't know Beverly was dragging out the process. And she didn't know Henry was of sound mind to go back to her. But she overrode Beverly for her own purposes because she wanted to find out about the artifact. And now she's taking the lab away from Henry because she wants to give it to Nathan who doesn't have clearance to go there. So that's all undercover, kind of. Yeah, his clearance was revoked. Right. So she's given him the lab and doesn't have he doesn't have clearance to be there. These people screw over Henry every time they turn around. You know, I like Henry, so I'm getting a little defensive. Uh, yes, I know. You're personally invested. But it's true. You know, we meet Henry. We find out that, that Jason wiped him and Kim's memory so many times that they could have been together for 20 years. Because Jason yeah. wiped his memory. So he finally gets Kim back, and then she dies in an accident. And then she, he changes time to get her back, and Carter has to go back and change time again, so she dies again. Now he finds out that somebody had something to do with her death, and he wants to investigate, and Allison gives him the lab, and then they take it away from him. After he says he's going to trust them. Yeah, I would just move out of Eureka. <laughs> I know, he should have left it, although I wouldn't have been happy. But he should have left when he said he was going to leave. Because they just stomp all over his character. And if you think ahead, they continue to do so. Which we can't talk about now. That would be spoilers. Okay, Zane and Joe kind of make up. And Callie and Carter kind of smooth things over. Yeah. And that's pretty much the end of the episode. So if we missed anything that you wanted to talk about. No, I think that was I think that was it. Yeah. This is kind of a short episode. I only have like two pages of notes. Usually I have like four pages. I mean, it wasn't a short episode, but there wasn't a lot of B-plots and other yeah, things. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like you said, it was, it was, you know, there was really one one storyline here. Yeah. All right, so we will be back next week for Season 2, Episode 12. Any idea? That is All That Glitters. Thanks. Hey. Hey. I was just on this way, so I, I thought I'd bring you this. I freaked you out, didn't I? Um, a little. Yeah.
What do you say we rewind? Just go back to the great first day honeymoon period. Buddy, please, please be patient. Doorbell. I just need to talk to Carter for a second. Sorry, no can do. He's off limits to the ladies until further notice. I'm getting way too much action lately. Okay, we well just tell him that I came by. Yeah, okay, I'll put you on the list. Bye. Bye. Okay, DC, tell us what's next. Join us next time for season two, episode 12 of the Critters. Bye now. Bye. Please remember to follow us on our Facebook page. Yeah, that can't be good. At facebook.com backslash Eureka Rewatch or on Twitter at Eureka Rewatch. Links to information discussed during our podcasts will be added to our website at EurekaRewatch.com. You can also listen to our podcast on Podbean. If you'd like to send us an email, please email us at EurekaRewatch at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. And we're now also available on Google Play.